0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to the 14th chapter of John, John chapter 14. John, the 14th chapter, I want to pick up where I uh, I preached one message, I think I did a a uh, one Thursday video, how many of you enjoyed the Thursday video this week? I'm just kidding, I didn't put one out, <laughs> hallelujah. But a, several weeks ago I did, and I talked about the Holy Spirit, and then I talked about it uh, I think I did on a Thursday. I lost track, but then because uh, i 'm teaching different things, and so I know I taught a Sunday morning about the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and I want to go back and, and uh, revisit some of this again because uh, the Lord wants us to understand some things about who the Holy Spirit is and, and the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, We read in chapter fourteen let 's read verse number. 15 He says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. The older King James said, Another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, excuse me, and will be in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. We talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We talked about real briefly and just mentioned it again, the doctrine of the Trinity. We have one God. We don't have three gods. We have one God, but he exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three uh, persons, they are individual Each one of them in the Bible uh, has characteristics uh, ascribed to them that could only be true of a person, of an individual. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are distinct persons, but in essence, they're one. And there's not anybody that can fully understand that. But that's the, that's the picture that God gives us in the word of God uh, concerning who he is. He exists as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pointed out that on the day Jesus went down into the Jordan and was baptized, he came up out of the water. And uh, uh, so here we have the Son of God. And uh, the Bible says that he, that he saw heaven opened and he saw the Holy Spirit descending and, and, uh, upon him as a dove. So here we have the Son and the Holy Spirit distinct from one another. And then we heard, he heard a voice from heaven. And it was the Father. And he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So you have all three of them represented in this one scene. And yet you can see they're distinct. They're in different places. And so uh, 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 that's an important truth that we, we should always acknowledge and, and, uh, and maintain. Now, in the 16th chapter, we looked at this verse. Turn over to the 16th chapter. And let's start in verse number one. He, he had been talking to them for, for uh, quite a while here. He said, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But the things I have told you when the time... But these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sends me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now, verse number seven is so profound. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, for Jesus to say, I'm telling you the truth (laughs) is obviously a point of emphasis. They never doubted that he would lie to them, but he's wanting them to understand the the importance of of what he's about to say. He said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away for if i do not do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i depart i will send him to you now we pointed out the fact that for a lot of people the holy spirit uh is is hard it's hard for some people to think about the holy spirit as being a person because of the way he's described in the bible we see him uh, he he has all the attributes uh, uh, of a person. He speaks, he, he declares, he leads, he uh, reveals himself. Uh, uh, so he has, you know, he has these things that, that he, he has feelings, he can be grieved. So he has all of the attributes that a person would have. But you know, we can envision the father on the, on the throne. And we know from the scriptures that he has some type of a form that is similar to, to mankind. And to what degree, we're not sure. But we know that man was created in his image. But, but we see him. Uh, uh, we've never you know, actually seen him. But we can, we can conceptualize that. Of course, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he has a body like ours. I mean, he's, he's a human being. And uh, that's a marvelous truth. But the Holy Spirit's a little less clear sometimes. And so because of that, uh, uh, particularly among people who are spirit-filled, who put an emphasis on being energized and, 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 and sensing the anointing and flowing with the anointing and recognizing the presence of God, it can, it can unintentionally uh, become more where we think of the Holy Spirit as an influence or a feeling. He's not a, just an influence or a feeling. He's a person. He does influence us and we can feel his presence, but he's so much more than that. And and you can see that in the fact that Jesus said, it's to your advantage. It's so important that I go away because if I do not go away, this feeling will not come to you. That would have been absurd. It is so important that I go away because if I don't go away, you won't have this influence come to you. They, could have, they would have likely said, Lord, we'll keep you. You, 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 leave, you leave the influence there. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you and your influence. He was the influence in their life. He was all they needed. So, he, so they thought. Jesus said, it's imperative for you. It's necessary for you. It is essential for your good that I go away. He said, because as long as I'm here, he, the, the, this helper cannot come. It's telling me that the Helper would be of greater benefit to us and to the church than if we had Jesus in His physical body here among us. Now, a lot of you scratched your head over that one. Jesus, what did He say? He said, "I tell you the truth." So, so I know this challenges your thinking. This is you have to accept this. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send them to you. He's saying that it's more important to have this, the helper, the Holy Spirit, with us than to have him right here every day, walking and, and, and sitting in your house in the flesh, talking to you. He said, This is actually to your advantage. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Now, the reason for that is this. I pointed this out too, and I'll touch touch on this again. In in the the 14th chapter, go back to chapter 14. He says in verse 16, this is so important that you see it. And, 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 And I've taught on this umpteen times, but a lot of people still don't see it. I will pray the Father, this is verse 16, chapter 14, verse 16. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I pointed out the fact that this word another means another of the same kind. And the reason that is important is because there are other Greek words that don't mean that. In, and so I referenced this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about it, but I want you to see it. Turn, hold your place here because we're gonna come right back. Go to Galatians and look at the first chapter, Galatians chapter one. Now I, I'm gonna, I'm, I read out of the new King James, but I'm gonna quote this uh, out, of the, out of the older King James so that you'll see this. Verse number six, Galatians 1.6. You know, the, the, the back uh, story here was the Galatians, the believers in the churches of Galatia were attempting, they were, there were influences, preachers that were going around and preaching the law. And they were, they were on the verge of, of reverting back to keeping the law of Moses as a way of, of, of uh, being righteous before God. And he was very concerned about this. He said verse 6, he said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of God into another gospel. Now, the new King James says different, but the older King James says another. He said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another. Well, that's weird sounding. You've turned to another gospel, which is not another the New King James showed that the first another in verse number six, that's another of a different kind. See, there's a Greek word that's that's translated another, but it's another of a different kind. The Greek word that's in uh, John chapter fourteen is another of the same kind, and so to point that out in verse six, it, it, they they change this to you've uh, uh, you've turned to. A different gospel because it's another of a different kind. Now I don't know why they didn't bring it out a little clearer in verse six. They to 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 be consistent, it would have been better if they had said, "You've you've turned to a different gospel, which is not the same." That would have been uh, clearer. But that's the, that illustrates the the difference here between these two words. Well, in John chapter fourteen, it says. I will pray the Father and he will give you another of the same kind of helper. Well, it's another, the same kind as who? Of, uh, the same as me, Jesus is saying. The same as himself. He said, I'm praying the Father and he will give you another comforter, another helper uh, the, that is, who is the same as me. Now, the reason that's so important is because when Jesus came here, now you know this if you've been coming here any length of time, When Jesus, uh, Jesus pre-existed before Bethlehem, before the Virgin Mary was found to be with child. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. His name wasn't Jesus. He was just, he was God the son. And he existed. We're not really sure in what form he had. In the Old Testament, you'll read very often where the angel of the Lord appeared. Most of the time, the angel of the Lord was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there are times when the angel of the Lord, uh, like he spoke to Moses and spoke to to different ones and and he spoke to Jacob and the angel of the Lord said, I am the God of your fathers. So when the angel of the Lord appeared, that was an appearance of of the second person of the Godhead that had to have been Christ. Of course, he wasn't Christ yet. He wasn't Jesus yet, but he appeared. Now, we don't know what he looked like, assuming he probably looked, you know, like a man, but we really don't know. But he existed before Bethlehem and he had, just like he does today, all of the attributes of God, which means he was... Uh omnipotent he was unlimited in power and ability all powerful but over in in Philippians chapter 2 and you know the verse in verse number 7 you can look it up it says that when he came here he emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a servant and came in the likeness of men well, when it says there that he emptied himself, other translations say that he, that he, uh, let's look at it. I think emptied himself is the best translation. Turn over with me to Philippians. Just just look at it. Yeah, the, the regular King James and the new King James says he made himself of no reputation. And so the the best translation there is that he emptied himself. What does that mean? It means that when he took on flesh, when he became a, a human being, he took on all of the limitations of humanity. He emptied himself of all of the divine, all of the powers and abilities that he had inherent inherit in him as God, he, he, he laid all of those things aside. Now, again, because just to make sure no one misunderstands, he never ceased to be God. God can't cease to be God. So he never ceased to be God. He was 100% God in the flesh when he was here. But when he took on the the the, the, the human body He laid aside all of the abilities he had as God. Understand that? He laid all of that aside and took on not just just, uh, a body, but he took on all of the limitations that go with that body. He took on all of the limitations that go with being a human. In his, in his humanity now, understand, in his, in his humanity, he was not all-knowing. That's why it would say sometimes that Jesus, when Jesus perceived that the disciples said something, well, well what, what, did, what did he know about it before he perceived it? If he was all-knowing, he wouldn't have had to perceive it. He would have just known it. So Jesus was in his earthly life. He was not all-knowing. He asked people. He asked the disciples, "What it, what was it you were talking about?" We see him when when he approached, you know, the the well where where the where the woman come out and draw water. The Bible says that he was wearied with his journey and sat down to rest. Well, deity doesn't get weary. God doesn't get weary, but in his humanity, he didn't. He could be wearied because he was just like us in that sense. He had to eat. He had to sleep and, you know, as, as God, God can just be anywhere. I mean, God can just be here today and be somewhere else tomorrow. But when Jesus went to bed at night, when he woke up in the morning, he was in the same place. He didn't time travel during the night. You know, he had to sleep. If he, hadn't, if he didn't have enough sleep, he wouldn't have had rest. He wouldn't have felt good. So what I'm saying is Jesus, he laid aside his, his, his abilities as God. In order. Now the reason he did that, there's a, there wasn't just, he wasn't just trying to buddy up with us so that we'd appreciate it. The reason he laid aside his divinity or the the attributes of of divinity and took upon the limitations of man is he had to go through life and and live the life that Adam should have lived and could have lived. Adam could have lived a sinless life. It, it, it It would have been possible it was possible for Adam to have lived a, a, a perfect sinless life, for his wife to live a perfect sinless life and we would have never had the fall. It's not likely, but it was possible. Somebody had to defeat the devil, but because, devil because, because man gave up our rights a man had to take it back, and he couldn't do it with any special ability as god he had to he had he had to have everything and but no more than Adam had and so as a man without any uh uh extraordinary intervention of God, he came here and he lived a sinless life, and then when his his life when 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 he had uh accomplished the mission then he laid down his sinless life and poured out his human blood. It was human blood, but it didn't come, that blood didn't come from an earthly father. Talked about that. That blood that was, that was imparted uh, in, into that egg inside of Mary didn't come from Joseph, praise God. It came from an act of the Holy Spirit. And so his blood and his his entire physical being was untainted by sin. Now, he could have yielded to temptation. He could have yielded. If if, if it was impossible for Jesus to yield to the temptation uh, whenever Satan came and tempted him, if it was impossible for him to yield to it, then it was no temptation. But he could have yielded and he didn't, thank God. But you see, as a man... All that he did that was supernatural, all of the supernatural things he did, accomplished and said, he did not do any of those because he was God. He was not, he was not able, and put it this way, he was not able to turn water into wine because he was God. Everybody knows God can turn water into wine. He did not turn water into wine because he was God. He turned water into wine because he was a man who had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was uh, the gift of the Spirit called the working of miracles. You find it over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gift of the working of miracles manifested and through a human being yielding to that gift of the Spirit that is available to any of us as the Spirit wills. Because he flowed in those gifts of the Spirit, it was the Holy Spirit manifesting through a man. See, that's different than him doing it as God. He's doing it as a man empowered by God, but in a way that any man can be. So all of the miracles that he did when he walked on the water, when he, you know, when he broke the the bread and fed the multitudes, he did all of those things by the empowering of the Holy Spirit who had come upon him. That's why he said, it's more important for you that I go away. Because if I stay here, I'm still going to be the only one who can do this. It, you'll never reach the place God has for you as long as I'm here. I have to go because if I go, I'm sending another one just like me. The reason, the reason he referred to the Holy Spirit as being another helper just like himself is because everything, all of the help he provided, he did it by the helper. See, they didn't see that. They saw him as their Helper. They saw the Lord Jesus as the one who reached down his hand and pulled Peter out of the water. They saw the Lord Jesus as the one who stopped the funeral possession and and, and grabbed the young man and touched him and he arose. They saw saw that as, as, as Jesus doing it as a man. They didn't understand that what he was doing, he was doing by the help of the Holy Spirit. And the plan of God was that all men have that helper in them. Praise God. And that couldn't happen until Jesus was taken away. Oh, glory to God. If you had not figured it out yet, God is way smarter than we are. (laughs) His ways, the Bible says, are way higher. Not, Not a little bit higher, but they're way up there. They're way beyond anything we can figure out. And just when you think you've got it figured out and you realize, no, I don't know much. No. Hey, Amen. Well, see, during this, he came in his first advent to lay his life down. And of course, to live that, that, that model of the spirit empowered man. And he perfectly lived that model. But then he laid his life down to redeem us. To purchase our freedom. To purchase our salvation. To bring us back to God. Hallelujah. But. Doggone it. When we got born again. He left us here. (laughs) (laughs) You know it just seems like. Wouldn't it have been good if we were born again. Each one of us and we accepted Christ. We just be taken to heaven, you know. Yeah, but that wasn't the plan of God. See, when we get born again, then we become His agent. We become His agent. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. You look it up. An ambassador is is the highest form of diplomatic agent. There's no in in no nation anywhere in the world. There's not a. There's not one. Uh, officer of of the of the diplomatic corps of that nation, the ambassador's the top one. He represents the nation to wherever he goes. We represent Christ and the family of God. We are His agents. That's what God turned each one of us into—is special agents. Did it? Did it? Did it? Special agents. <laughs> well. We, thank God we're, we're agents, but we have this Holy Spirit living in us. Glory to God. Because just like there was opposition to Jesus. Did Jesus see some opposition? Did one or two people try to kill him? More than one or two times. Did people try to catch him in his words? Was he hated? Was he lied about? Yeah, all of these things. Did the enemy try to kill him? Yes. After he was born, I mean, as soon as he was born, thousands of children were killed trying to get to him. He knew what opposition was. And see, we have opposition because the same devil that was in the world then is in the world now because his time for incarceration has not come. When those demon spirits would come out of people sometimes, you know, they'd cry out and said, don't send us into the abyss. Well, the reason he couldn't it's because their time wasn't. It wasn't time for them to go. So the devil still has, a, uh, he's operating on a, on a time frame that was given to him, and he has the right to be here for a, for a, a certain period of time. Thank God, I don't believe it's going to be much longer. Amen. Amen. But uh, until that time is up, the devil is here, and we're here. And that's why we need the helper. Glory to God. Don't go through life ignoring your helper. We have a helper on the inside of us. Too often Christians look everywhere else except to the inside, excuse me, when they need help, when they need a word of encouragement. They've got to call somebody up and encourage me. When when they're in trouble, they're looking for someone else to to pray. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for one another. But most of the time... Christians are always reaching out to somebody else to help them, to encourage them, to tell them what to do, to pray for them. And the, the, but the sad fact is most of the time when you get through helping them and praying them for them, encouraging, they go home to, a, 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 and lay their head down on, on their pillow at night and they're in the same situation, the same mess they were in earlier because they don't know how to do it for themselves because they've not learned to look to the inside. The helper's in here. Glory to God. He's on the inside. Whatever we need in life, that's what he's been sent to provide, but we have to pay attention to him. And like I said, too many Christians go through life and they give lip service to believing in the Holy Spirit. They'll recite the Apostles' Creed and they'll... You know, if they'll do something like this, Father, Son, and you know. Only they know about the Holy Ghost is he's somewhere over here. That's all they know. Father, son, and whatever, you know. That's the only that's the only reality the Holy Spirit has. He's more than a than a symbol. He's a person and he is able to give you direction. He's able to give us He's he's a what? Yeah. He's he's I thought you were trying to help me preach there for a minute. <laughs> he's able to give us insight when we don't have it. And it's not wrong to talk to one another because so, so often in insight from the Holy Spirit can come from another person. But when we only depend on other people and if someone helps us by the Spirit, we need to thank that person, but we need to thank God for the Holy Spirit that gave that word through that person. If we don't keep going back to the source for our help, we will live without understanding that help and not not taking advantage of it. If you're just grateful for your prayer partner and all they do, but you're not grateful for the God that's helping them in, do that. And then then understanding that you can have that same thing. It's, It's astonishing to me That people will hear about what the Holy Spirit can do in their life, and they will agree with it up here, but then but they never really want to access it. They don't really want to, to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They just want to keep the Holy Spirit at bay. Don't do that. Open your heart. To everything the Holy Spirit has. Everything he has. Now listen, forget this idea that people say, well, you know, we have the greater gifts. You know, we don't need these other gifts. We've got the greater gifts. Listen, there's not anything God has that's not, I mean, you can't really say it this way, but just so you'll understand, the least valuable thing God has is greater than anything this world can produce. God's not running any, you know, basement bargain sales. But if he has anything in the basement bargain on the bargain table marked down, it is eminently far superior than anything that you can come up with on, on your own. I want it all. I want it all. I want, I, because there's really not any lesser or greater. I want it all. I want everything he has. So be hungry for everything the Holy Spirit has for you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.